I'm going to ask you if you would turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 6 as we continue in our series on being battle ready. I remember I was about uh, 9, 11 years of age, somewhere along there. It was a Sunday morning. It was, I remember it was a ni- nice enough weather. I was just out sort of by myself as far as like no coats, no anything like that. And I started to walk up to my brother. He was facing the other way. Uh, my next oldest brother, he's about four plus years older than me. And so I don't think he knew I was coming. At least that's what he said. So I'm walking up. All of a sudden, instead of being this way, he turns this way and he had a homemade bow and arrow. Good thing it was getting worn. He had the arrow in it. He had it ready and he just let it go. I was down there the way the arrow was coming. Well, the arrow did hit me, got me about right there, just below the eyeball. Fortunately, it was dull from all kind of shooting it in the ground. You know how it is and that he didn't hit it hard. He just probably was so weak. He couldn't do that, you know, and uh, and it hit me. So that morning, of course, I have to go to go to church. And there's a little dot thing right here. What happened to you? You know how, how everybody asked. Well, you know, my brother tried to shoot me and kill me with an arrow. True story. That was not a lie. OK, like I tease you sometimes and I let you know whether it's true or false. Fortunately, I didn't get hurt hard. Fortunately, it was another inch or inch and a half above, and and there goes my eye. So it was a lesson to be learned for both of us. Don't sneak up on your brother when he's holding a bow and arrow, even though I didn't really know what was going on. And be careful before you shoot, amen? I will tell you, this was an interesting, I I might have told this, I don't think I told it last week, but this was a story about Tom Bailey, a little side note. When Tom was younger, now you can't do this in these days and times. Tom and neither his brother or his cousin, they used to have 22 rifles. They would go out into the woods and they would take paces away from each other. And when they would get certain pace, then they played this game. Now, do not do this. It's like the caption across, do not do this. They used to shoot at each other and see how close they could get without hitting each other. Sometimes there's a little insanity in our lives, isn't there? Well, today we're talking about protecting your life, about the importance of making sure that you are ready for the arrows that can come against you. Now, I'm not talking about a physical arrow. I'm not talking about a real bullet. I'm talking about those arrows that Satan strikes out against us. In the book of Ephesians, we're going to look at verse 16. It says this, In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which one can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So far, we've talked about the clothing the Roman soldier would put on. Paul was in prison, but he was chained sometimes to Roman soldiers. So he knew their attire very well. He knew what each piece was was designated to help the soldier. And then he made this spiritual application We talked about putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Last time we talked about our feet prepared with a uh, shod with uh, the gospel of peace. Today we're looking at a piece of armor, not so much the clothing, but it's all so important. And so the Bible talks about it as the shield of faith. So we're moving from that to a defensive weapon. The soldier obviously had to take it with him. Whenever he was getting ready to go to battle, he had to be ready for attack at any moment. 
You know, literally, we realize how fast a, an arrow can come at someone. It can be from way a long distance, and all of a sudden, and there it is, before you realize it. And so it was crucial for that Roman soldier to have this, this shield in front of him so that he could put it up against that arrow that would come his way. What's the same for the Christian soldier? We have to be ready for attack at any moment as well. And listen, may I remind us, this is not just a series to say, well, hey, nice series put together. This is a reality that we have an enemy. He wants to attack us. He wants to hurt us spiritually. And he wants to wreck and ruin our lives because he does not like our commander in chief. And so when we are told to do something, we better take heed to what it is saying. Even though a Christian is equipped, has equipped himself through what we've already said, through truthfulness, with actions that are pleasing to God and being ready to share Christ and stand for Christ, we have to understand that we will be attacked. And in fact, the more we stand for Christ, the more we'll be attacked. The more his devices, his schemes used in the air, in this signature of arrows will come against us. Well, let's ask this question. What's the alternative to not standing in faith, the shield of faith? Well, the alternative is we live a defeated Christian life. We, ended up think, we end up thinking and doing things we would never do. We feel wounded. We've been hit, and therefore, we want to retaliate it to whomever or for whatever. And so that's why it's so crucial that we are on guard, that we are ready at a moment's notice. We have our feet ready, planted in the way they should be. And when something comes, we are able to put up that faith, that shield of faith that we need. Have you ever come out of a moving time with God? I mean, maybe it's just in your own devotions or in a service or some time where God just really began to work in your heart. Maybe at the, during a service, God will tenderly speak to you, but you know it's from Him. Your heart's been blessed, and then all of a sudden, you're hit with a strong desire to do or say something that goes contrary to everything in which you have just been involved where you have been listening to God, obeying Him, following Him, and man, it just like, and you say, where in the world did that come from? Well, I think we know, don't we? When we study the Scriptures, Satan or one of his army men have let it go, let it fly, let it come against us. And so let's remind ourselves how important this shield of faith is. First of all, Faith leads to action. When we're putting up that shield, we are acting in faith, and it leads to action. Ever seen people with a bad attitude towards an authority in their lives? They never want to respond to what they're being told, even though they know it's for their own good. They're going to do their own thing. They're going to listen to themselves. Well, there were probably some Roman soldiers who had that same attitude who had that same cockiness. I don't have to listen to him. I don't need to do what they tell me to do. And before they would know it, they were hit. I'm not going to lug some big old shield around with me. I can move quicker. I can do more if I don't have to carry it with me. There were probably soldiers left on the battlefield who had that same attitude. Well, what about us as Christians when we don't follow through, when we've got our own attitude, when we say, I see it, I read it, but I can handle my own life. 
and all of a sudden we get hit. And then we wonder, why, Lord, did you let that happen? When God says, I have equipped you already, all you had to do was have the shield of faith, put it out in front of you, but you thought you could handle it yourself. When we have real faith, not just coming to Christ, but then living out our faith, we know it leads to action. With this shield that I'm talking about in a Roman soldier's era, it wasn't just some little kind of oval little thing that hopefully it's going to block you. They say it was about two and a half feet wide, about four feet high. It was big. So they would carry it out. And yes, it seems like it was bulky, but if you got arrows flying at you, you're going to do what you can, right? So they knew what it was about. It was big. The Greek word for this idea of arrow, it simply meant door. I mean, it gives you the idea. This was a big thing in front of them. Those who believed it would make sure uh, they had it ready for positioning. Those who believed in it knew what it could do and prepared themselves in it. Well, the Bible says that we are to wear the shield of faith. And it says, in addition to all this, well, what's it talking about all these things? All the things we've already mentioned, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, guarding ourselves in every way. And it says, that's not it. Here's another crucial piece that you need to protect yourself spiritually. And so he challenges us, don't forget there's more that you've got to be ready with. Here's a very simple definition of faith today. Simply this, taking God at his word. There's a lot of different definitions concerning faith, but I think this is an easy one to put into practice as we're here. We know the word of God and we take it in. We accept it for what it is, we believe it, and we act upon it. That means that we're willing to do what it says. Warren Wiersbe, a man that I, I appreciate so much, he said this, concerning this type of faith. This is not speaking of saving faith, of that moment you come to Christ where you say, I know I'm a sinner, I know Christ died for my sins and he rose again and I trust him as my savior. It's not talking about that. This is talking about living faith. This is what we would term where the rubber meets the road. This is what we enact in our lives as we leave these doors and as we're here within these doors. That we say, I am going to live a life trusting God with everything that comes my way. And I am going to trust him to guard me and protect me when the arrows, the onslaught of Satan comes my way. I am going to allow him to control my life and lead me. May I challenge you to do as the word of God commands us to do. He said in the verse we just looked at, he said, take it up. Do we get it? Say that with me this morning. Take it up. That's what God wants us to do. He doesn't say just shine it up, make it look good, you know, make the leather on the outside and all of it look pretty. He said no. In fact, if you're wearing the shield of faith, yes, you've got to take care of it, but there's probably going to be a lot of marks on the outside. There's going to be some hits. There's going to be some things that have come your way because you have been in a battle and you know that you need that shield of faith to protect you. You know, a seatbelt does you no good unless you buckle it. 
A football helmet does a player no good unless you put it on, on your head. He puts it on his head. So faith cannot be acted to protect you unless you take up the shield of faith and use it. You can say all about how good it is, but if you're not acting it out in faith, it doesn't help you. I try to, try to think of, okay, how can we move this to a more futuristic kind of idea? And it's not an exact application, but it, it's the idea. Some of you have seen superheroes and things, and, and all of a sudden one of them has this force field around them. And no matter how strong the enemy comes to try and get you, they can't get through the force field. Well, I think that is a maybe newer version of the shield of faith, that what the, the Roman soldier would use so that nothing could come against them. We have a faith shield that comes and encircles us and helps us with everything that comes our way. You know, if you're taking God at his word, you will be acting it out in the way you live. That means you are trusting God for protection, you're trusting God that when you are, those thoughts are coming against you, then you know they are not lining up with the truth. You resist what they are. It means that when you want to lash out and do something you know you shouldn't because it's not the right way to live, the shield of faith is there to help you be strong. Satan throws those ideas. When you doubt, when it seems like your trust is about willing to, to go down, you need to remind yourself, Lord, you have given me this shield of faith. It is there to protect me. And no matter what Satan throws my way, I know that I am protected because you have given me that piece of armor. If you don't believe you're in a spiritual battle, if you think you can handle life on your own, you're not going to carry the shield of faith. You may say, oh yeah, I got it. It's over there in the corner. It looks great, doesn't it? but it's not going to help you in the corner. Sadly, through the years, I've watched way too many Christians who take a laissez-faire attitude towards spiritual battles in their Christian life. And over time, I have watched way, way, way too many of them who have given in to those attacks, who did not have their faith up. And the more they got hit, the less they felt their faith was worth anything until they walk and became defeated in their spiritual lives. If you've been a spiritually sensitive Christian very long, you know you're in a battle with the forces of darkness. We do not see it all the time. It's not got a sign up, guess what, I'm coming after you. But you know it's real. And you know it's, you need to be vital in, in guarding yourself. And so faith will lead us to action. Secondly, faith keeps us safe. The shield was absolutely necessary for the protection of the soldier. Those who listened had a much higher chance for safety. And when the enemy's arrows came, a soldier, he would hunker down and he would be protected from the onslaught that was coming his way. I was reading in the expositor's commentary and it, it described a man, his name was Skiva. One man named Skiva found no less than 220 darts sticking in his shield after a siege at Dyrrachium. You know why he could tell about that story to his kids and grandkids and on and on? Because he had the shield of faith in front of him. 
he got hit with an onslaught in that battle. But he lived because he kept it up. He knew with confidence it was going to protect him. He knew that if he kept it as he should, that he had a much, much greater chance of living. And he did. And 2,000 years later or so, maybe not that far, we're learning how important it was for him. Without it, he would have never been alive to share his story. You know the great thing about our walk as Christians? We have stories, don't we? Stories of faith, not about how great our faith is, but when we enacted our faith, how God proved himself true to us. And now we can sit down and we can share accounts and stories and past events of how God has protected us, how he has been there for us in our crisis moment, but it was our faith in him that got us through. And sometimes when we felt that those flaming arrows were hitting hard and we didn't know if it was going to keep us safe, we made it. And we walked away understanding God in a way that we did not understand him before. That the words of the scriptures were real. They weren't just written down in a nice story form so we could visualize it in our minds. It was something for us to live by. And so we have our stories, thank God. All sizes of fiery missiles would come to the Roman soldier's way, arrows, darts, spears, and whatever. Well, for the Christian, we're to take this very special shield, the shield of faith. It's invisible to the human eye. Now, after you have gone through something, others may look at you and say, wow, I don't know that I could have ever gone through what you went through and made it. You know what they saw? They saw the shield of faith in your life. They saw how God gave you the strength to make it through something that you did not think you could make it through, and you come out, and God blessed your life. And he used that event not just for you, but he used it for others to see how great our God is. And so he was there for us. He's there, and he helps us. Without faith, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six. It is, you probably know the word, impossible to please God. Do we see how important faith is? The living faith that we try to walk daily before the Lord. The Lord says, I want you to, be, I want you to please me and I want to be pleased in you. And you can be that way, but it's impossible unless you trust me for who I am. And when you do, I will prove myself true to you. With faith, we can live daily in spiritual victory. You know, there's probably been those times in our lives, maybe even this last week. Something came your way, you didn't have the shield up. All of a sudden, man, maybe you're feeling defeated, you're feeling angry, you're feeling discouraged, you're feeling whatever. But when we've had that shield up and the same, same thing has come our way, we said, that was close, but I had it up. And I have victory in my life. 
And it's interesting because as faith keeps us safe, we understand the more we learn to trust the shield of faith and our protector, the more we can handle in life. Some of you have weathered storms throughout your lives that if we had the opportunity to sit down and just listen to what you have gone through and how God has been faithful to help you, we would sit there in awe. We would sit there in praise of who our God is because we have seen it and heard it from the life of someone who has walked that life throughout the course of their life. And now we are blessed and encouraged to know how great our God is because you realize that shield of faith was going to keep you safe. And whenever it seemed like things were getting a little warrior-like out there, God was there to help you and you had it up. We see also faith extinguishes the enemy's attacks. You see, there was a strategy for the for the soldier. The shield was made of wood, possibly with a metal frame around it, and then often it was had a very tough leather exterior. On the outside towards the enemy was this big piece of leather that was all over it. Well, before they would go in battle, they would take that leather and they would literally soak it in water. It would pull it because it could draw in part of the water from it and when the dart that had been dipped in a flammable liquid would be tossed out against them, they would draw the bow and let it go towards that, that individual soldier. As he had his shield up, the shield would protect him from that flame. And as that flaming arrow came and it stuck in there, the end of it, because that's where the fire was, was put out, it was extinguished by that protective piece of armor, that shield that was there for him. Time after time, he may have been hit that way. And yet God, or the, the, the excuse me, the shield of faith helped carry him through. And it's the same for us. As we put it up, it extinguishes the fire, fiery darts. And so when Satan fires off a fiery arrow at you, if you have that shield of faith up, you're going to be spared from a direct hit and you will extinguish the flame. That's not something we do on our own. That's what some said. God says, you prepare, you get ready. When it comes, I am going to extinguish it for you. The arrow wasn't going to be deflected. It was going to be extinguished. It would be defeated by the quenching the flame as the tip of the arrow hit the shield. You know, I, I love the truth in this verse. As we read it, it said that we are to, to take that shield of faith, and it says, which you can extinguish. You see, God says, if you do your part, I'm going to take care of you. I am going to protect you, and whatever comes your way, you can be guaranteed I am going to put it out. I'm going to extinguish the arrows that come your way because I'm the one that will do it. Through the power of Jesus Christ, you can quench them. The arrows, they come at us in a lot of different ways. They can be in the form of temptation or something that is supposed to cause us damage. It could be something internal 
Man, we've all felt wounds that way, haven't we? When we weren't guarded, when we weren't ready, and boy, it just seemed to hit us. And it's amazing how when we get hit once, we stagger a little bit and maybe get hit again and again. And then Satan knows which dart to throw. Because it seems that's the one you always have trouble with. And he throws it our way. And even though we try to protect ourselves for a while, can dig deeper. Until we realize, God, I cannot do this on my own. Lord, I'm standing here thinking that I'm tough enough. And Lord, I'm not. And Lord, I'm wounded. I'm hurt. I feel the pain. And God, if you don't help me build up that shield of faith again, I'm not going to survive. And then we come to those moments when it, it hits us again. Yes, that's it. That's what I need. I need my shield of faith. Lord, help me to hold it up. Lord, I am so weak. I don't even feel like I can keep this thing up. But God, I know as long as I have it in, it's not my strength that's keeping me. It is you and my trust in you that's keeping me alive and keeping me going. God is so good to us to help us. So whether it's lies thrown at us or hateful thoughts or doubts or desires to sin, whatever it may be that he tosses our way, that he shoots our way, aiming for our, our bodies to wound us, to kill us, we know that the Lord will be there for us. It will either penetrate and wound us spiritually if our faith in God has not been enacted or it will be quenched because we are trusting in God to deliver us. You see, God says, I've equipped you. I've given you the choice. I've given you everything you need to be successful in your walk with me. But don't go out there in the battle thinking you can handle it on your own. Stand up, be strong, have your feet ready, cover yourselves appropriately as you need to as one in battle. But don't forget, you've got a shield in front of you. And when you put it up, I am going to protect you from those enemies that come, from those thoughts, those battles that will fight against us. I love what Adrian Rogers said. He's already in heaven, but I used to listen to him a lot. He said, focusing on feeling leads to a faltering faith. We depend on feeling way too much at times, don't we? Hey, we're emotional people. I understand that. But when we rely on our emotions, we sink. When we trust in faith, we stay strong. 1 John 5, 4 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Our faith in him, we trust Christ as our Savior, and then we walk by faith with the Lord. Once again, our faith is not in ourselves, it is in the Lord. He's the one that equips us, he's the one that will protect us. Adrian Rogers also said this concerning this area, faith is the response of the heart to the character of God. It's the object of our faith that matters, not the strength of it. Faith is believing God in spite of appearances. When our faith is directed in the one it needs to be directed, we're on the right road. Sometimes we put our faith in a person. You know what? Every one of us somewhere along the way has disappointed somebody. We're not strong enough to be Jesus. 
But when we say, Lord, you are the object of my faith. You are the one who went to the cross, died on the cross for my sin, but yet you didn't stay in the ground. You rose again. Lord, you're the one I look to. You are my strength. Lord, when I see you for who you are, and I look at you knowing that my faith can only be as strong as the person to whom I am looking, I look to you. And when that happens, God blesses my life. He gives me what I need. And one more thing, Warren Wiersbe said this, the edges of the shields were made in such a way so that soldiers could interlock them and march toward the enemy like a solid wall. You are not alone in battle. Is it any wonder that when we as a church or any church says we are going to interlock our shields of faith, that there is nothing can stop us from going forward? We don't retreat with the shield. We go forward. We know we are ready. There are times we stop, we're prepared, and there are times we get up interlocked together saying we are marching forward. And when we fail to remind ourselves that when we are in this battle, we're in it for Christ, we've already won the war, we are going forward, and we're going in His power, unified together, that there's nothing can stop His church. Amen? Nothing. I remember going to New York City, probably my third year of college, Spent the summer in Upper Manhattan. One Friday night, we went to down to the inner area of New York City. It was so amazing. Guy would come along, roll up his arm. He had all these great, expensive Rolexes. I mean, and he was given an incredible deal until you realize they're not real. Looked good, but they were fakes. You know, you can have a shield of faith up without knowing the true protector, Jesus Christ. But until you know him personally, you can say, yeah, I got this force field. I got this shield of faith. But remember what we said, it is the object of our faith that strengthens our faith. If we're not looking to the true one, we have no guarantees. It can look good. It can seem good. It won't cost me much, but it's not the real thing. But when we know Jesus is our Savior, we can be assured He will get us through everything. And we give Him the praise for all He has done and all we will go through in the future. So you can't have faith in God without knowing His Son, Jesus Christ. That's where it starts. If you don't know Him today, I encourage you, just like probably most of us have. We've came to that place where we realize we're sinners and Jesus, the Son of God, came to this earth with the purpose of dying on the cross for our sin and rising again to prove it was all true. And we say, Jesus, I cannot pay for my sins in a correct way on my own, but you paid them for me. And so today I give you my life. I trust you as my Savior, and Lord, help me to walk the rest of my life with you. Listen, if that's you today, right, even there where you're seated, seated, and you're saying that in your heart to God, God says, I've taken you in. You're part of my family. 
And because you're part of my family, I want to help you be more like me. And so I've placed a church of people who know me, who are imperfect, but have learned more about the journey. And they can help you walk in a way that will help you be more like me. And so you connect to a church. You get involved, you learn, you grow, and God grows you in your faith. Psalm 18.30 says, As for God, His way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in Him. He shields us. He protects us. As we come before Him and acknowledge Him for who He is, we put up that shield of faith, and there we can hear it. We can literally hear those arrows hitting us but they're not hitting us. They're hitting it, and we're protected. Sometimes it may feel like an onslaught. Lord, I don't know. God, I, I hear so much. I don't know about my faith. And he just encourages our hearts. Trust me. Believe me. I've got this covered. And he gets us through that onslaught that comes our way. Oh, may I challenge you today, take it up. Take the shield of faith and put it before you and be protected from everything that will come your way. Because I'm telling you, if you do not, you've opened up yourself for anything that can come your way. It may wreak havoc and damage in your life that you never dreamed would happen. Some of you have those stories too. But thank God for His grace and His mercy because He says, hey, you still belong to me. Yeah, you blew it. You didn't believe. You didn't trust like you should have, but I haven't left you. Come on in. Let's heal some wounds. Let's get you patched up. Let's grow that faith again that you had, but you let go. I'm going to be with you every step of the way. I'm going to walk with you when you didn't even know I was there. Because that's who I am. Amen. That's who he is. I'm going to ask us to bow our heads just for a moment. Do you have the shield of faith in front of you? Are you letting the Lord keep you safe because you're trusting in Him? When it sounds like those errors are so loud, so close, so destructive, are you keeping Him as the object of your faith? Not looking around at other things, other people, but looking at Him. How many of you with your heads bowed today would say, Pastor, God is challenging me in this area of faith. I, I need to let it grow again. I've, I've maybe dropped it. I've, I've not been as strong as God wants me to be. I've looked at other things. I've not been ready for the arrows that strike. Would you pray for me today? Would you slip up your hand? I'm just looking. Thank you. Thank you. 
It's so easy, isn't it, to put down the shield of faith. We're going to sing in a moment after I pray. If you want to pray with somebody, you feel that freedom to do so. If you want to stay seated and pray, you feel that freedom to do so. But if God is saying something to you and it's specific, may I encourage you, make sure you take this time between you and him to talk it through. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you that you have equipped us to walk in this life with your help, with your strength, with your protection. Lord, you're the one that keeps us safe, but Lord, we must do our part in keeping up our faith, our belief, our trust daily in you so that when those onslaughts of Satan come our way, we are ready and we are looking to you for our help. Father, for those who specifically raise their hands today, God, encourage them. Lord, remind them who you are and how much you love them and how much you'll take care of them. And whatever the situation may be, Lord, they're all individual, they're all personal. God, I thank you that that is how much you care about each and every one of us. Father, lead us today, guide us today, and every day. Lord, if there's someone here who doesn't know Jesus yet and they have questions, may they, before they leave from here today, Lord, get with one of us. Allow us the privilege to just listen to what they have to say, their questions, and share with them about who you are. We trust you in all this. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask us to stand. If you would, sing with Sierra. If you need to respond to the Lord, feel free to do that. Page 581, if you want to use your hymnal. Thank you again for being a part. I encourage you, 
This is the time change. You made it. Congratulations. I know it's a tough day, but I'm glad that you made it. And because, you know, we get a lot extra sunlight at night. Some of you during the winter have a harder time driving. Wednesday nights are tough, but I encourage you, if you can come back, we're doing a, uh, we're going through different books of the Bible to give you sort of a skeleton of what each one is so that you get a greater understanding of it. And uh, I hope it'll be a blessing to you, but I hope you'll make that effort to come out. And I know it will be helpful. Yes, Tammy. And Wednesday night, we'll have snacks. That's always an encouragement, okay? All right, so, uh, so let me encourage you with that, all right? Okay, Steve, would you close us in prayer today?